downhill so we'll take the easy way and roll downhill it's mike marino and john king mike and john got it going on brought to you by our friends at firehouse doors got a big lineup today kevin monlock is going to join us from the severe weather network here in livingston county they right. do some great work we'll also be talking uh, with uh, rich pearlberg the less you know and our exclusive interview with Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin, which we did yesterday. And you'll notice because suddenly our clothes will have changed to what we were wearing yesterday. <laughs> Dang, I forgot we were supposed to. <laughs> Where was wardrobe well, on this you thing? You know what? That was one of those things people were supposed to pick up on their own. Right. But you blew it. Who's yeah. our continuity director? They didn't pick this up? Come on. Come Here, on. Hair's a little different. Yeah. Beard's a little longer. Oh, my. <laughs> we'll have the answer to last night's trivia question, which had to do with things guys do to improve their appearance. Just one? Just one. Okay. Just one answer. Twenty. I think it was 20, 25% a quarter of guys do this All right. to, in an attempt to improve their appearance. We'll get to that and, uh, and check out some of the answers in just a little while. Uh, in the meantime, a look at Gigo News brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton. All right, here's what's going on. As the House Select January 6th Committee gets set to hold another hearing today, Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin says, while few minds may be changed, it's important the facts come out. She said, I think it's important the country has a record. In an exclusive interview with the Mike and John podcast, which you'll hear here in just a few minutes, she said, I think if you read any history or take any history class in high school, you know that when we have this kind of violent event in our nation's capital, you have to have a record. When asked if she thought that it would change people's minds about what happened that day, Slotkin said she was skeptical, but did she think it was important to do? Yes. Replying that, in particular, the report that the committee produces at the end of the process, which is, of course, the intent of the commissions is to write a report and then to make sure that there's full accountability. The full interview with Congresswoman Slotkin, which also features conversations about gun control and inflation, is coming up. Republican State Representative Mike Muller of Linden was recently named Legislator of the Year by the Michigan Sheriff's Association. Muller, a retired Livingston County Sheriff's Deputy, is serving his second term in the Michigan House, representing people in southern Genesee County and northwest Oakland County. He was recognized in part for spearheading a plan to offer additional funding for local law enforcement agencies and provide more tools for officer recruitment and retention. Earlier this year, Muller received awards from both the Police Officers Association of Michigan and the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police, a local nonprofit uh, 
Meanwhile, has concluded another season assisting Livingston County's homeless population. The Severe Weather Network of Livingston County, a 501c3, provides emergency winter sheltering services for Livingston County homeless adult men and women. On April 30th, they wrapped up their sixth winter shelter season, which began November 1st, a month earlier than in previous years. A total of 1,227 nights of emergency shelter were provided to 57 adults who range in age from 18 to 72. Prior to 2017, Livingston County had no congregate homeless shelter. Due to funding limitations and restrictions on the number of hotel nights per voucher, homeless individuals had no options during the coldest months of the year but to shelter in automobiles on the streets or in tents. The board is currently in the planning stages for next season. Due to a significant drop in volunteers and overall funding, over the summer months they'll be petitioning churches, businesses, and community members for volunteers and funding commitments for the upcoming season. And we'll have more about that also coming up in today's podcast. And that's what's going on. And news brought to you by Cooper and Binkley Jewelers, Brighton's preeminent jewelry store with a commitment to customer service, community involvement, honesty, professionalism, and, of course, exquisite jewelry. Mark and Barb Binkley pride themselves on, don't touch that camera, offering something special for everyone. Father's Day is coming up this weekend, by the way. They recognize customer satisfaction is the sole purpose of their business, offering a unique unique mix of exceptional quality jewelry, value, and all in a warm and engaging environment. Stop by today, check out what they have in store, designs by Simon G. Zagani. They can even custom design or reimagine a piece of jewelry you have in your jewelry box or around your neck or on your wrist, even on your ring. Stop by and see them today. Cooper & Binkley Jewelers in downtown Brighton or online at cooperandbinkleyjewelers.com. Should we go to yesterday's clothing? Sure. (laughs) Let's do the quick change and wear what we were wearing yesterday for our interview with Alyssa Slotkin. And it went something like this. U.S. Representative Congresswoman Alyssa Slotkin joining us here on Mike and John Got It Going On. Good morning, uh, Alyssa. How's it going? Good morning. I'm good. I hope you guys are well. Well, we're in a basement (laughs) doing a podcast. When are you coming for the tour? Um, you know, you if you invite me, I'm happy to come see the luxurious baby. Okay. <laughs> She's now feverishly well, making a note yeah. saying, please uh, make sure that I'm not available to, <laughs> to to go into a basement. I, <laughs> I am better than with, that. With two former radio guys. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we're probably pretty safe down yeah. here. we got a lot of topics to cover, obviously. So, But before we get to the serious stuff, okay. uh, I think we really have to ask you about... Gizzard Fest. Gizzard Fest? Yes. Yeah. You were uh, recently, I think that's in Potterville, is it not? It is. Yeah. All right. How many people were there? <laughs> a lot, actually. It was a big, you know, there was a, there's a parade and, and, um, and uh, a whole kind of like um, little market that they set up wow. for vendors. Um, and it was just like, felt like a big chunk of the community was there. Now, yeah. Now, it was there a bunch of volunteers? It was great. Was yeah. there a Miss Gizzard? In like a Miss Gizzard competition? There, there was a couple of different folks. I don't think it was Miss Gizzard, ah. but there was some, there was some royalty. <laughs> um, and, uh, there was a giant float of a chicken. Um, uh, right. You have to. Now, we want to ask you, we don't want to put you on the spot, but we're going to put you on the spot. Exactly what is a gizzard? Well, you know, you know what it is. It's, it's, a, it's a little organ in the, in the chicken. Yeah. We were debating in, on the team, like, <laughs> what does a gizzard actually do? Um, but it's basically, you know, it, the ones that, that the team partaked in, we, we, we had, it was, uh, they were like chewy 
chicken nuggets, oh. basically. But they're deep fried. Right. Come on. They're deep fried. You could deep-fried. you could deep fry a bicycle tire and it would taste pretty yeah. good. You know, so. Yeah. Exactly. So this is basically the filler in like a chicken nugget, right? <laughs> I mean, it could be. <laughs> and it's kind of like, oh, I use that too. Just grind it up a little bit, put it with the white meat and everything will be fine. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a couple of my younger staff members who were sort of having the realization that this tastes really a lot like a McDonald's chicken McNugget. Yeah. And what does that mean about what's right. in a McDonald's right. chicken McNugget? They were sort of, the light bulb was going off. Right. Like, no, I don't know. I right. Have no idea. We, we get, look, uh, as, you know, again, uh, things taste good when they're deep fried. Uh, don't ask any questions. Yeah. Just, just eat it. It's <laughs> kind of like a hot dog. You really don't know what it uh, is, and yeah. you don't want to know. Well, now, did you, did now of course, uh, Alyssa, <laughs> your family knows all about hot dogs, but I'm, I'm, I, I'm, um, please don't turn the conversation. All right, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, but I'm sure we can say that there are no gizzards in, in hot dogs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. on, now, now, now the serious stuff. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go from gizzards to guns. Yeah. How about that? Your, uh, your Safe Guns, uh, Safe Kids Act uh, was recently passed, part of the Protecting Our Kids Act, uh, passed through the House. Um, you, you know, it's a common sense piece of legislation basically just saying, hey, gun owners need to safely store their firearms. Why is something that is so common sense so political? Well, you know, I think it's it's not that this individual bill is very political. And to be honest, it, this one came directly out of my experience of being the representative of Oxford, Michigan, and the, the exact scenario we had in Oxford where uh, the parents of the shooter, um, you know, left the gun open. Their child had mental health issues. Um, and the child took it to school, used it to kill four of his classmates. And now the, the you know prosecutor in Oakland County is trying to go after the parents, and they have been in jail since that incident. There's just no case law to go after those parents in a, in a really clear way. So we came up with this law, right? I don't think that there's much controversy about the specifics of this law. It's just the issue of gun safety legislation, period, that sends people – um, in Washington to their corners. And I think the good news that I really felt last week, and I'm feeling it again this week, frankly, since the Uvalde shooting, is I've had more calls from like staunch, you know, hunters, sportsmen, Second Amendment, you know, conservative Republican folks who are like, look, I, you know, I enjoy what I do with my life. I enjoy the, the weapons I have in my home, but that doesn't mean I don't care about protecting our babies. And I think that's been really heartening to me is I've, I've gotten more of those calls in the past three weeks than in the preceding four years. So, you know, again, the legislation that was your legislation, the Safe Guns, Safe Kids Act, uh, it was rolled into the Protecting Our Kids Act, a package of bills that did a number of things, uh, such as raising uh, the, the purchasing age for semi-automatic rifles from 18 to 21, some other issues. It passed through the House. Its future in the U.S. Senate is less certain, where you're going to need 10 Republicans to to sign on to this in order to, to break through the filibuster. Do you sense that there's been any movement on that uh, in terms of getting yeah. 10 Republicans to say, hey, something as simple as we, maybe we should say that, you know, if you can't buy alcohol till you're 21, maybe you can't buy a semi-automatic rifle till you're 21. Yeah, the kind of new thing that's going on right now is that we actually do have agreement in the Senate on a, you know, it, it's a, it's not a 
revolutionary massive package it's a moderate compromise package but we do have agreement and we have at least 10 senators who um 10 republican senators who helped negotiate it and have signed on and i think that's where i come from on this issue is you know look what i think you know as someone who grew up with guns as someone who carried a glock and an m4 in three tours in iraq what what i feel like we should be putting in place may be different than someone else but I will take any forward movement on this issue. And it, it, right now we seem like we have a deal and it's aiming towards, it looks like a vote next week in the Senate. So if that holds, and that's an if, but if that holds, it'll be the first gun safety legislation that we do, particularly around the issues of mental health um, and keeping people who are mentally ill away from weapons in a generation. So it's a big deal if it happens, and that's what we're all focusing on. Well, let me ask you this, as far as the uh, the age from 18 to 21, some may argue that, well, my kid can go off and fight for the country, put a gun in his hand or her hand at that age. You know, are you getting that type of, of questioning as far as the age goes? Has that been a question, uh, an issue? Yeah. There's, there's always going to be um, uh, someone who pops up and says that. I just want to be clear, though, that right now, kind of a, because of a weird kink in, in history, um, the, to buy a handgun, you have to be 21, but to buy a semi-automatic, you could be 18, hmm. um, which I don't think most people think sounds right. And then secondly, I mean, the argument on, on uh, you know, drinking or any of those things, you can't rent a car at 18 by yourself. You can't do a bunch of things. You can't drink. Um, at 18 uh, by yourself. And there, there's a bunch of things that we withhold from folks who are who are 18 years old and doing other things. But I'd be even willing to consider if there was a strong push that someone who's professionally trained in the U.S. military to handle a weapon needed an exception and wanted, wanted a, a weapon, then I would be open to that because they're a young person who's proven themselves capable. But I don't think people, I don't think anyone feels great about the mental health of our young people right now. And I'm, I don't think that um, uh, raising the age to have it match a handgun is uh, is as detrimental as maybe think, people think it is. Well, I mean, the last two mass shootings, uh, you know, major mass shootings, I should say, because there's mass shootings, unfortunately, almost every day in this country. But, uh, you know, the, the Buffalo shooting and then Valde as well. I mean, these were both young men under the age of 21. Uh, and many of the other previous mass shootings involve men under the age of 21 with a semi-automatic uh, rifle uh, who, who are doing this. And so, again, what seems to be common sense has gotten mixed up in politics. And the bill that you were talking about, the forward progress that you were talking about in, in the U.S. Senate, does not include, does not include, my understanding is, does not include no. raising the age to 21. But as you were saying before, any progress, you have to take yep. it. Yep. And, you know, I, what what I feel like my job in this conversation um, is to, you know, if the Senate has a deal, it'll come back to the House um, since it's a, a different version than what we approved. It'll come back to the House. And what I'm spending my time doing in the Problem Solvers Caucus, in this bipartisan caucus I'm in, equal numbers of Democrats and Republicans, we're trying, we're having conversations with the senators who negotiated this thing now so that it can be bipartisan when it comes back to the House. And, you know, I might have Democratic members who say, well, this is, this bill isn't, doesn't go far enough for me, so I'm going to vote um, against it because it's not enough. And I am just over that. I, I just am any forward progress at this point. Um, you know, if you have to look the kids in the eye in Oxford, um, you will take any forward progress. Sure.
And, and I guess, you know, if, the, if people that are decrying extremism in, in the GOP on issues where it's, you know, it's my way or the highway, I guess the, on, the, on the Democratic side, that is also an issue. It, can, it cannot be on this issue particularly. It cannot be my way or the highway. Any forward progress has to be something that you would want to, uh, you know, be a part of. Yep. Speaking of my way or the highway and extremism, uh, <laughs> the January 6th hearings that are going on, um, you know, there's certainly been a lot of uh, that's come out from that so far. And I think uh, there's probably going to be a lot more that comes out from that. I guess just generally speaking, what's your take on what we've learned so far? Yeah, where do you see this going? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I think that it's important that we have a record, a historical record of what happened on January 6th as, as one of the people that, you know, um, ran and locked herself in their office and, and watched all, you know, all my other peers, um, including the ones who pretend it didn't, who pretend it didn't happen, um, who watched them and their staff haul ass around the Capitol to get away from these people. Um, the, the, um, I think it's important that a country has a record. I think if you read any history or take any history class in high school, you know that um, when we have this kind of violent um, event in our nation's capital, in the, in the Capitol building, you have to have a record. Do I think it's going to, you know, change everybody's mind? No. But do I think it's important to do? Yes. And I think in particular, the report that they produce at the end of this process, which is, of course, um, the intent of any of these commissions is to write a report and then to make sure there's full accountability. Right now, we've had a lot of people who came into the Capitol, you know, who were part of the riot, part of the insurrection, who were, you know, violent and inside the building. They've been prosecuted, lots of them. But, you know, like always, there's not a whole lot of accountability for the people who organized it, for the people who incited it. So I, I think that's the conversation that needs to be had and it needs to meet a legal standard. Um, as everything does. But for right now, I think it's, it's just an important conversation for us to be having as a country. There's well, a growing consensus, though, that, I mean, and where do you stand on this, that the, the, the person that maybe incited this, the president, Trump, uh, that he should be indicted. I mean, what do you think about that? Well, I think we have to look at, I mean, it has to meet a legal standard. And look, I mean, I, I was in the Capitol. We were all watching his speech live when, when he was encouraging people to go and people they did go. And he didn't, you know, now we know from uh, his former chief of staff, Mark Meadows, that there were just hours and hours where he just was, you know, the president refused to get on TV and calm things down. And where I, I actually went up to a couple of my Republican peers um, uh, this past couple of weeks after the text came out, because you can see and read the text and they tried, they called the chief of staff and they said, please, Mark, get the president on television. This is not right. Get him to do something. And he just didn't um, for hours and five people died. So it's not, you know, that it was just a, a cosmetic thing. So uh, look, I, there has to be accountability, not just for the lowest level folks, but for anyone who organized it. And I, I think we have to watch it and it has to, we have to see if it meets a legal standard. Let me ask you this, Rio, before we switch gears here. Uh, as, as someone who's had a gun in her hand, has fought for the country, has been in the military, and, and you're running and hauling ass to, to get to your office. What was going through your mind? It was a, just that this is unbelievable that this is happening or? Well, just to clarify, I wasn't in the military. I was a CIA officer CIA, that was sorry. trained to travel along with the military and help them understand the groups to go after. Um, and, uh, you know, if, if I was trained uh, in weapons and, and 
defensive driving and combat medicine for an extreme situation, right? If we were being, um, uh, you know, ambushed or attacked, I wasn't fighting on the front lines. Um, I had to be able to protect myself and luckily never had to do that. The military did that for me. Um, but I, I think the, 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 the crazy thing was using the training that I had to go on those three tours in Iraq in the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. Right. In particular, the, the thing they drill into you, um, particularly um, when you were preparing for, you know, being, that we had a lot of roadside bombs and roadside ambushes going on at the time of my first tour, it was, it, the, the mantra that they drill into your head is get off the ass. Like, if there's a, an attack happening, you get off the bullseye, you get off the target, you get off the X. And I was, you know, really close to the floor of the house and heard, heard screaming and yelling and breaking glass and something, a, a, a big boom that I, my brain interpreted as a flashbang, a crowd control measure. Later found out it was a, a gunshot, but my brain just went into get off the X, get the hell out of here. And I turned around and, you know, hauled it back to my office and locked myself in and then I got a panicked call from one of my fellow Michigan representatives saying, I can't get back to my office. Like, I don't know. I said, come here and we'll lock ourselves in. Um, and, you know, I just, did I ever think I'd be using that or click back into that in the U.S. Capitol? Never. Yeah. Never. Well, like you said, it's one thing if you're in Iraq uh, on a mission to, to have that feeling. It's another thing when you're in the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, that's uh, a yeah, whole different you thing. You would think it's a safe place. But. Yeah, I know we only got it for a little bit more here, and I, I think one thing we did want to ask you about, you know, another thing, you know, day-to-day, -day, I mean, we're talking about gun control, and we're talking about, uh, you know, January 6th. Important issues, no doubt about it. Day-to-day, what people are feeling is uh, these inflationary pressures, high gas prices, high food prices, uh, you know, fingers being pointed in all directions on this issue. Is there any relief in sight and what's going to bring it? Well, the thing that, um, you know, for certainly on gas prices, which is undergirding everything, it's the number one thing I hear about, you know, people in, in the district that I represent drive sometimes on average 40 miles one way to work. So you can imagine that it's just, it's a, it's affecting every single person that I talk to um, in some form or fashion. If there were a silver bullet to bring down the price of oil, then we would have fired it, right? There, there would have been someone saying, okay, let's do, let's do this immediately. The thing that I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I would like President Biden to be a bit more aggressive on some of the things that he did, opening up the Strategic National Reserve. He can do that again. He can do that and open it for longer. Uh, he can he can suspend the federal gas tax, which is a bill that I introduced. That's like to maybe save us about 19, 20 cents a gallon. It's not perfect, but it's something. Um, there's a few other things that he can do. The one that I'm watching, though, is that he's now announced he's going to Saudi Arabia. This is very interesting, right? He has been kind of cold with the Saudis. They're, they're not the, the nicest bunch, um, and they've been, you know, uh, uh, you know, the incredible information that they basically assassinated an American citizen, um, uh, an, an, you know, an opposition member. And I, I, but I think that the president flying to them is a really important signal. And to me, it's clearly about turning on the gas, turning on the gas, you know, the, the oil. The, the Saudis are purposely keeping production low because they're, they know that the price of, of gas being so high really helps them make up for all their losses under COVID. So to me, like if in, in terms of hopefulness on bringing down the price, one, we got to take the federal gas tax, make it a holiday, suspend it, 
And then two, I'm really interested to see how much we can turn the taps on in places like Saudi Arabia. What's his hesitation on, on uh, holding, putting that pause on the tax? For the gas tax. I mean, it's it's revenue for the for the federal government, right? right? So when you want to, you know, spend, you have to actually have revenue to do that, and it's not perfect policy. I'll be the first one to say that. If it were again, if it were if it were pain free, we would have done it. Um, but it means if we want to pay for you know other things, and Lord knows um, the federal government has lots of bills, um, then you need that revenue coming in. Um, but you know, the governor of Michigan has said that she supports it. I, I'm I we've been pushing it. It's myself and Dan Kildee from Michigan who are the sponsors of it, and Senator Stabenow on the Senate side. So it's a very Michigan-focused initiative, and I think it, it you know, it might be not imperfect, but it's something, something to help. Is there any thought about bringing in the heads of the oil companies and, and bringing them in front of Congress to talk about their role in this? Because they're making record profits on this, and that there, there is a notion that somehow they are profiting off this and keeping these prices high. Yeah, we, we know that's true because the, the price of a, a barrel of oil is the same as it was, I think it was five or six years ago, but the price of gallon of gas is about a buck and a half higher right. um, than the last time. So they're definitely also making up their losses. Um, we've suggested this, uh, you know, coming in front of Congress, but also the president rounding them up and just having a closed door conversation in the Oval Office. I mean, use the power of the office to throw your weight around and, and make it so that these companies feel, especially the American companies, you know, feel like, hey, um, this is my country here that's really suffering and I need to take a more moderate stance. So this is another thing that we've been pushing President Biden on. And it, it's just, um, um, you know, look, I, maybe I'm a more aggressive person, but I just I want I want to see more action and more energy around bringing down the price of oil. When I think I, I think most of us stand with you on that. It's uh, it's getting the president to see that. And well, and he's happen. not just he's not the he's one part of a large he's part of the equation. <laughs> but I mean, like you said, throwing his weight around a little bit, you know, yeah. the, let's get the cojones out and do something here. I mean, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, they're talking about the price of gas going up to six bucks a gallon here in Michigan uh, by, you know, within the next month or so. I mean, we've seen these jumps. So something needs to be done. Uh, whether he can do it quick enough, I don't know. And even the trip to Saudi it may not do it. Yeah, I think I think my approach to this is like, look, a lot of issues in this life are complicated, but you know, get caught trying, right? I mean, yeah. just try, just throw something against the wall and see what sticks, and just be working, working, working until you figure out that that magic formula that helps the consumer. Um, and I think that's what I would like to see more of. Right. Well, thank you so much for your time, Congresswoman Alyssa Slock, and we really appreciate uh, you talking to us. And uh, we hope to talk to you again and uh, you know catch up on uh, on issues. Uh, once everything is resolved, once gas prices are down to two bucks a gallon and, uh, you know, the war in Ukraine is over and uh, okay. Republicans and Democrats have all come together. So we'll never talk to you again. All right. Thanks. You know, I'm dressed better today than I was for the interview with the Congress. You know what I noticed, too? Your hair looks yeah. a lot better. Well, yeah. I had it done. I went to the salon. <laughs> we'll get to today. Well, you look younger. And do I look younger? <laughs> I try. <laughs> a day older and a little yeah. younger looking. Yes. So uh, thank you to the Congresswoman for uh, giving us some time to talk about those light, fun, airy issues. Hmm, fun. I don't know. Gizzards was kind of fun. <laughs> well, okay. All right. Uh, Have you ever had a gizzard? I have not. Do you think someone like just the sound? <laughs> That's my ass. Here's the thing. Just the sound of yeah. the word gizzard. Well, 
you it, know, it just does not sound like something you should eat. I, I, gizzard you know? is like an it's the organ, isn't it? It's like isn't it like the lungs or something? <laughs> I don't know. I looked it up yesterday, but I forget what it was. Um, it's it's an innard. Yeah, the gizzard, also referred to as the ventriculus, gastric oh. mill, and gigarium, is an organ found in the digestive tract of some animals, including uh, uh, birds, earthworms, some gastropods, some fish and crustaceans. Uh, Tastes like chicken. And it's gross. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a delicacy somewhere. Oh, I see. Since chickens don't have teeth, they use abrasive materials like pebbles, grit, and sand, along with enzymes in the gizzard to break down their food, so it's a part of their digestive tract. Mm, mm, mm. What if chickens had teeth? I, I, they wouldn't need a gizzard. They would not. See? Need a gizzard, yeah. yeah. No, I'm not even. But I just wonder if the first ones are like, whoa, what's this? I think I'll deep fry it. Mm, these are delicious. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so, okay. All right, I want to take a look at some of uh, Wednesday Night Trivia answers from last night. Yes. To Good question. To improve their appearance, more than one quarter of men, so over 25% of men surveyed, said they have done this. Some of the answers. Used hairspray, gel or mousse. Hairspray? I don't use I always. <laughs> well, I guess this could be at any time in their life. Right. They have done this. Yeah. Um, yeah, I use gel once in a while, or now, now they have product. Kind of, they call yeah. it product. Yeah, you want product in I your hair? I some product. Got some, some product. Uh, pedicure. I don't know many guys that have done this. Maybe it is something that they do, but they just don't talk about right, it right. in those guy circles. You're at uh, Buffalo Wild Wings watching a game. Hey, by the way, I just got my uh, pedicure done yesterday. Oh, yeah. Did you notice? A little mani-pedi. <laughs> Use self-tanning lotion. Do you remember the tanning stuff of the, of the 70s? Yeah, it was horrible. That uh, made you look orange? Yeah. Like instant I mean, tanner. I forget what it was called, right. but uh, there, was, there was some funky stuff. Uh, waxed. Dyed their mustache or beard. That kind of becomes obvious right. since it's right on your face. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, trying to cover up the, the just for men for your beard. Uh, power push-ups before going on a date. Oh, yeah. You'd have to do them right in the front door before you ring the ring the doorbell yeah. or knock. Well, now they have those yeah. ring cameras, so I think your date would be like, uh, <laughs> uh, no, look I'm, at not, him. I'm not answering. Look at him go. He's starting to pit out a little bit. Start, well, and then, or, or they'd be like, well, uh, welcome. <laughs> Come on like in. The, if you're doing the Rocky one-handed ones or whatever, you know. Sure. <laughs> Mrs. Kravitz across the street gives you a phone call. Yeah, there's some guy doing push-ups on your porch. <laughs> He's in your driveway doing plyometric push-ups. Wear a tie. Bought a fancy sports car. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that makes me look okay. better. You know what? Sure. You gotta admit. Sure, I'm bald and fat, but check out my car. Got a nice ride. <laughs> uh, shaved their back. Got a haircut. Hmm. Um, <laughs> wear shapewear. They have they, they do have spanks for guys. Yeah, yeah. And I, I'm not sure what they, they call it. Uh, not wear their glasses. Yeah, I hated wearing my glasses. Um Dyed their hair or used Grecian formula. Is that still around? Grecian formula. <laughs> Grecian formula 16. The first 15 didn't work. Uh, buy a new outfit. Manscape. Mm-hmm. And the answer? <laughs> Let's hold off. Need a weed whacker down there or something. <laughs> <laughs> I ran on a line. <laughs> Little T.I. <laughs> you got to be careful with those. That's right. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> what if the battery ran out? Doesn't that suck? Yeah. Um, 
All Should right. we give the answer? Yeah, yeah. What's, you what's give the our, answer? What's it was our... shave their chest. Ah. Shave their chest. Okay. So that's, that's, that's your answer it's for today. Yeah, after a while, it's it's itchy. itchy. I'm, uh, I just yeah. Hey, you put a little Grecian so, formula on. Because I have a I have a hairy chest. Hello, ladies. Uh, okay. I don't want to turn you on too much. Um, but uh, anyway, yeah, I apologize for that. Um, but when I, if I've ever had to have like an EKG, you yeah. know, and they shave to put the little things on. Now they don't have to do that now. I don't know why they've improved the oh, technology. Better they seem to be able things. to do it through the hair. I guess yeah. I don't know. Well, but then when they would do that, and then it would be itch. When the hair was there, it'd be itchy, and I hate. That. Well, it's just it's just like when we when I tried to grow the mustache for November back what ten years ago or whatever it was. That just itched like crazy to me, having the hair on my face. Well, so that's why I got rid of mine. Yeah, now you know more. See, I just saw a picture of myself with a mustache. I mean, I've only been without a mustache for about a month now. Yes. After thirty-five years of having one, and I saw a picture, and I go, "Oh, that that guy looks weird." Yeah. I don't know. Now I now I, I like the clean shape. Now now you still look weird just without a mustache. Oh, thank so, you so much. You're, You're so kind. <laughs> what a great partner I have. Don't forget, coming up July 9th, we are celebrating the podcast, you the viewers and listeners, with a great free evening in downtown Howell. We call it Mike and John's Summer Splash Party, and you are invited. Yes, you. Get your well, finger out of my uh, face. All right. Get your finger it. out it's of everyone's face. Get your finger out of everyone's face. Okay, that's nasty. Come to the party. Right. <laughs> July 9th, downtown Howell at the Howell Theater, the historic Howell Theater. We're going to show a movie. We're going to give away freebies. Uh, Cooper and Binkley Jewelers is going to be giving away some shiny stuff after the movie. Right. And for right. We're, we're working on some details. The new designer. We have a new designer for our, our gear. A special designer called in for this event mm -hmm. <laughs> for our shirts. Do you want to say who it is? No. Yeah. It's a special designer. You're making fun of me. <laughs> Shocking, I know. <laughs> no, we have because, actually we have a team of designers uh, yes, the team. creating the Splash Party t-shirts. Right. We're only going to have limited you're, edition. You're, you're, you're making fun of me because we we're trying to find out what would be the best color to have right. shirts. And, the, and you were trying to guess. And I said, hey, why don't we add, And we're thinking something that's female friendly. I said, why don't, we, why don't we ask a woman instead yeah. of two guys trying to figure out. Female friendly. Yeah. yeah. Well, what if a guy wants to wear the shirt? Well, that's what it has to be female friendly. Oh, it's something a guy would wear. It can be unisex, hot looking right. shirts. Because, you, you know. You said pink originally. And then yeah. guys have to go, oh, it's salmon. This is a salmon shirt. You know. Well, don't fear the pink. Yeah. That's so, what I say. Ah, uh, yes. But we're not going with pink. No, no. Mainly because they don't have pink. <clears throat> they, didn't, they didn't have <laughs> sky blue. <laughs> the, 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 yeah. we, we thought the powder issue blue. Is, powder if, blue. It finally came down to, okay, what, what do you have? Okay. And then we'll go from there. Let's start with that. You know, it's been yeah. it's been tough because all the people that make pink or, or powder blue or sky blue shirts... Don't want to do that anymore, so we had to go a different route. Yeah. And We're having something unique. Yeah. Unique, yeah. as our designer says. Right. <laughs> so, Jeanne. Yes, the great Jeanne. The great Jeanne. From La Basement. The basement. Jeanne in the basement. Hello there. Downstairs Jeanne. They <laughs> so, <laughs> you've, you've, you've nailed down the color. 
<laughs> yeah, starting with it. What <laughs> colors do you have available? <laughs> that was that was my unique yeah. contribution to this conversation. I said, well, why don't we just start with what you have available? Because first, then we then we get instead of us guessing. What about moth? Nope. How about what about that? what about this? Nope. What about this? Battleship gray. Yeah. No, not real female friendly. But well, well, you know, I don't know. I don't. You know, I yeah. think I think women. They like a black T-shirt or a gray T-shirt. They they would like those T-shirts. Well, we were thinking summery. Yeah. It's a splash right. party. I think that was you the know? thing, though. We wanted so. something that was splashy. That's what Jeanne said. <laughs> Jeanne says splashy. And and what else did Jeanne? Uh, Chicky. <laughs> it was. Uh, oh yeah. I, I forget the response that yeah. the great Jeanne uh, said. But how could you forget? A special edition. Mike and John got it going on. Summer splash party T-shirt in the works. For those that come to right. the uh, we, right the now, theater. we have settled on heathered bright turquoise. That was the one that I preferred. That's what Jean A said. Yeah, we had some different we had some different things. We could have gone with the uh, sapphire blue, or sapphire. the <laughs> sapphire. <laughs> That's funny. To say. This is the kind of things that's going on behind <laughs> right. the scenes yes. of the podcast. Is that it right what, there? No, now no, this that one. No. This is the uh, what do they call this? Uh, they call it wait for dinner. Please. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> ho! <clears throat> it's some sort of blue. Yeah, it's it's an okay blue. But <laughs> oh, it's, it's Heather. This is Heather Sport Royal. Uh, no, we didn't go so with that. No, I, I mean, that's that. Well, I thought the great Jean A did not like that. Jean A said, no, no, I think we're, I think we're going to go Ixnay on with the, the uh, heathered bright turquoise. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's the color of the shirt as yeah. determined by the great Jean A. And um, we will have those limited edition Yeah. for the first certain number. We're certain number sure of yet. people. We're, 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 we're working sure on details. Yet. We're going to have full details at some point before that. July 9th. Just yeah. mark it on your calendar. We'll have full details July 8th or so is when we uh, July 8 and a half. <laughs> somewhere <laughs> in there. <laughs> the day, that, that morning of, yeah. we'll, we'll yeah. let you know. But no, save the date July 9th. How Theater. Free movie. Yeah. Freebies and a chance to win right. some great stuff from Cooper and Binkley Jewelers. Absolutely. All right, we're uh, we're getting into our community uh, spotlight segment today. We, you know, with uh, with the weather the way it's been and hot and humid, and you never know when a thunderstorm is going to come around. Time to get you updated on some things happening here in Livingston County. Right now, the Severe Weather Network of Livingston County is a nonprofit organization that provides emergency winter sheltering. So they provide shelter over the winter months for Livingston County homeless men and women. And uh, we're going to be talking with uh, Kevin Mondlock, who is the treasurer of the organization. They recently wrapped up their season. Thanks for calling. <laughs> hey, thanks, Kevin. Call is very important to me. Oh, I don't think important. it is because you didn't answer. <laughs> try it again. Yeah. <laughs> I have to try it again. He do says. I have to try it? Do no, I have to use I'm, my Midas touch? No, no. Okay. I'm going to go right to okay. recent calls, John. I'm okay. really, I'm really picking you up. Are, Look at. Thanks for calling. See, my call is very important. Very important <laughs> yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's really not that important okay. to him. All right. Now let's just okay, see. Here let's, we go. Let's just Wait, see. Can you have the great Jeanne <laughs> let's make have, the call? Let's have the great Jeanne. Here, let me see the number. Well, it's, it's I know. right there. I, sometimes it just needs the magic touch. Uh, I see. You get your fingerprints all over. God knows where those fingers have okay. been. All right, here we go. Well, you might want to put it Thanks out. Thanks yeah, See, you're not as important either. Call is very important. No, to we're not. Please leave a message at the tone, or you can send me a text. Oh, oh here we go. Hold on. Oh, you're going to figure that out. Hold go ahead. On. Let's see. Oh, no, you're, the, okay. you're the expert. Go oh, ahead. Um, Hello, Mike and John podcast. Good morning, John. This is Kevin Monlock with uh, the Severe Weather Network. Sorry, I missed your call. Well, That's okay. We know it was important to you. 
<laughs> you said so right in your it, message. It, it said it yeah. on there. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. This is Mike, too. So uh, let's talk about the Severe Weather Network, Livingston County Homeless Shelter, and, and what you guys provide. Okay. Okay. You just want me to start? <laughs> well... <laughs> Three, two, one. No, right, it, nah. you guys wrapped up your your, your season uh, on April first, uh, and th this was the longest season you guys have had. It was a whole extra month, right? That's correct. We went 180 days this year. Um, we opened on the first of November, and we closed on the 30th of April. Yeah, that is. And it, we did that because you know we look at the weather trends from the previous years. And November has always been, you know, we had more snow in November the last two or three years than we did in December. And it was colder in November than it was in December. So that's the reason that we moved uh, forward, adding the additional 30 days. Now, prior to when the Severe Weather Network got up and running in 2017, there really was no one place for homeless individuals in the county to go, uh, I mean, j basically, they would sometimes get vouchers for some motel nights from various organizations, but there was no one organization that said, hey, come here, we're going to make sure that you have shelter. That's something that you guys have stepped up and done over the last five years. Uh, and with COVID, of course, that made it all the more difficult. Um, but as you prepare for the next season, it, it sounds like you've really got to step it up in terms of trying to find some more contributions and volunteers. That that is correct. That is correct. We we start each year, you know, hope, uh, with the we start each year in in the faith in the community of Livingston County to step forward with our time, talent, and treasure to bring us uh, the opportunity to meet the mission of the Severe Weather Network, which is to provide shelter during the coldest months of the year. And we then provide connections to those action agencies within Livingston County that can bring the uh, our, our guests on their journey to end their homelessness. Very few people go straight from homelessness into stable housing, but our goal is to bring people from uh, homelessness into suitable housing so then they can move into stable housing. So when when a, a candidate comes to you for housing uh, during the winter, where where do the the candidates end up going? Are these uh, just people who volunteer home space, or is there actually a, a specific shelter that they're they're checked into? Yeah, so thanks. That's a great question. We provide uh, shelter at the Chilson Hills Church at uh, the corner of Brighton Road and Chilson Road. Yeah, um, and. The basement there has been reconfigured as a shelter, and so we provide. Uh, uh, there are four uh, living spaces uh, where we provide cots, and then from there uh, we provide an evening meal, morning breakfast, showers, and uh, so yeah, we consistently. Uh, are in one place now. In the past, going all the way back, there was a program prior to us called the REACH program. And with the REACH program, churches would step up and use their facilities to house those that are homeless. 
but they would have to travel from church to church. And as you know, transportation is a challenge. And so that, that became something that was uh, difficult to continue. And so that's when uh, a group of concerned pastors and Love, Inc. gathered together and formed the Severe Weather Network, which was a network of churches and concerned uh, members of the community to address those that had no place to go during the winter. So in any given year, how many people are we looking at finding some shelter for here in Livingston County? I mean, it's a pretty wealthy county, so you just... Right, right. I I mean, I I think the definition of what is homelessness, I think people have a conception of what a homeless person is, and then there's the reality of what a homeless person uh, represents. That is correct. So uh, every year, uh, the the HARA, or the uh, the housing authority within the county, is required to do what's called a point-in-time count, which is, at that point in time, count all those people that are homeless. And... Uh, a majority of them are, are homeless, but they are sheltered in a program. Uh, and uh, it, so they're not living on the streets necessarily, but they have no permanent place to live. They're the, the vast majority, but the problem is, is that that bottom majority who cannot qualify for any of those programs, they still are homeless and they still right. need to be served. Um, and so the number of people who are living outside is, a, uh, that's one of the, uh, there's a program where uh, there's a uh, point in time count where you will go out and physically go to those places where people normally, homeless people normally will camp or seek shelter. Um, and, and that number, uh, Mike and John, that number is about 400 wow. in Livingston County, right? 400 homeless people in Livingston County in one of the wealthiest counties in Michigan. And as I shared with, as I've shared with, you know, Mike Murphy and, and uh, members of the, of the county commission, you know, the last thing you want to do is have on the front page of the press Argus an article about somebody dying of hypothermia in one of the wealthiest counties in Michigan. And what that does to the community's uh, image throughout the state and the nation, because, you know, if a business is thinking about moving into Livingston County and they find out that they have all this money, but they still have people dying of, of hypothermia, well, I think it, it goes to I think it goes again to to the the conception of 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 the county as you said it's it's one of the wealthiest counties in Michigan, uh, and yet we still have you know several hundred people who are are homeless and a lot of it has to do with even though we are you know the the, the very wealthy you know per capita. Uh, for a lot of folks who it's very difficult to earn a living wage if you live in Livingston County. Most people that live in Livingston County go work elsewhere. But we have a lot of people that work in the service economy, work in the food service industry or elsewhere. They're, 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 they're 
maybe not making as much money as we'd like to think they are. And a lot of these uh, individuals, they find it, you know, it's very difficult to, uh, and, and for various other reasons, uh, you know, uh, to earn a living wage, to earn enough money to be able to afford a home, um, uh, you know, or, or some sort of shelter, be in an apartment or something like that. So you're right that I, th I think the, 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 is that a rooster? That is a rooster. That is a rooster. Well, it's time to get up, I guess. <laughs> I thought you were on safari or something. <laughs> no, no, no. I, 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 live, I live across the streets from the log cabin inn. Oh, okay. And we've got, uh, I don't know, we've got several chickens, roosters. Geese, yes, you do. And, 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 uh, so, so we've got, we're producing a lot of eggs. Oh. So we're, <laughs> And Dude. the proceeds of the eggs are, are being donated to the severe weather. Oh, I was going to ask. Yeah. See, all there right. You there you go. Yeah, you don't want to hang on to them that long. <laughs> so so I know you, Kevin, I know you're looking for volunteers. And, and Describe what a volunteer's job might be in this uh, to help out with the severe weather network here in Livingston County. <laughs> so, so the homeless shelter has always been run uh, by volunteer base. And the volunteers are asked to do uh, several different things. And we train them on each of these uh, aspects of the shelter. So the, the first set of volunteers can be somebody who wants to make a meal. And then they deliver the meal for the evening or breakfast in the morning. Gotcha, yeah. Okay. And, and there's no client interfacing with that. Okay, so they come in, they drop the meal off, and they go. Right. Okay. Uh, and the second uh, tier is going to be volunteers that will welcome the guests into the evening. We, uh, they will then do all the necessary check-in paperwork. There's also, uh, so that's, that's the, the second. The third is a group of volunteers who will then, uh, uh, in the welcoming process, we go through everything they bring into the shelter. I mean, we literally go through their bags in their entirety so that we can understand, are they bringing into the, into the shelter things that shouldn't be in the shelter? Right. Because especially for somebody new in, into the shelter, they don't understand that they, that they can't bring in any liquids into the shelter. And be, be, we, we have that so that they, we know that if there's a vial of something that we have no idea what it is, we, they cannot have that in shelter. Right, you want some so, safety constraints. Well, I mean, uh, I think, yeah, these are the concerns if you're running a, a, a congregate shelter where people are staying. I mean, you have liability issues you have to think about as well. Uh, and so right. these are the concerns. Right, so in other words, I think for anyone who might not be thinking about this too deeply, they might think, oh, you just open up a shelter and you welcome people in and there, what's the big deal? But right. there are a lot, as you've been illuminating here, there are a lot of details that to be able to, uh, not you know, you can't just open up a space. You have to make sure that people are accommodated comfortably, appropriately, safely, uh, safely, right, correctly. And yeah, um, yeah. and that takes a lot. How can, uh, yeah, how can yeah. folks uh, find out more about becoming a volunteer, Kevin? We have, uh, on our website, we have a whole section on uh, what it means to volunteer at the shelter, uh, how do you get trained to be a volunteer. And then we use a sign-up genius form that will allow people to just plug in what 
role they would like, what volunteer role that they would like to play, and then uh, a volunteer role that they will be filling that night. And then the, the, the second, uh, the, and then they will be able to pick the date that they want to do this. Um, so that's the, the that's the um, um, a process of becoming a volunteer. Uh, we also we also go to all the churches and several of the businesses, and we make that available for their community sure. to have a volunteer experience in the shelters. Because John, one of the things, like, is that the 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 guests that we serve are are are, are impacted by the community providing them with safe shelter and, and and help connecting with those organizations that will bring them to end their homelessness. But the 450 volunteers that we've had, and we, we for the 450 volunteers that are part of the network, the impact that's on their life to be client interfacing and to hear people's, their stories and give them give give the volunteers an opportunity to be a listening ear sure to a people who are in trauma so it's impactful for for our volunteers uh, uh, because they, they they get to do something that well, they don't, don't normally get to do yeah I mean it's it's very rewarding in that sense for them as well knowing that they help somebody in their time of need so we encourage people to check out the uh, website and look into if you have volunteer time available if you've recently retired or uh, just like to uh, to help out uh, go to the website and you can find out more yeah what well, uh, and throw out the website for us will you the, it's Livingston s w n dot org all right Pretty simple. So LivingstonSWN.org, the Severe Weather Network, Livingston County, and uh, all the great work that you do. Kevin Mondlock, the treasurer of the group, thank you so much for joining us and, and telling us about this. And uh, let's uh, hopefully get people will start, uh, you know, getting on board and helping out to, you know, get together for prepare for next season. All right, Kevin. Thanks so much for joining us. Go attend to that uh, rooster and the chickens. <laughs> all right. Thanks. All right. Bye-bye. All right, we're, uh, we're going to check in with Rich Pearlberg yeah. in uh, just a couple minutes. Of course, we're brought to you by Firehouse Doors. Right, located in Livingston County and uh, serving residents for the past 24 years. They're family-owned. They strive to treat each customer like family. And uh, veteran-owned as well, Mike Witt, a proud U.S. Air Force veteran. They're your one-stop shop for residential, commercial, and rolling steel overhead door needs. And for the past 21 years, Firehouse Doors has been Livingston County's only distributor of CHI overhead doors. Call Firehouse Doors today, 810 599 7480 and uh, each week as we did just yesterday we draw out a winner that uh, will get a free garage door inspection and as well they get the tpc car that's 10 percent off all future garage door needs for life wait a minute can we change that yeah. to the tpcfl card tpcfl yes 10 percent yeah. card Sounds for like life sort of league Yes. Uh, I play for the TCPFL. Yeah. Uh, I'm a linebacker. shortstop. Well, linebacker and oh, backup a, shortstop. <laughs> it's a different kind of sport. Linebacker. And we combine baseball and football. It's a shortstop it's linebacker. Different. It's interesting. you got to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for the less you know with Rich Perlberg. Good morning, Rich. Uh, where have you guys been? 
<laughs> where have we been? We've been busy yeah. is where we've been. Jeez, we went to... <laughs> we didn't forget you, I swear. <laughs> have you talked to uh, the congressman yet? Uh, the congresswoman, yes. yes. We did... Uh, yeah, we've yeah. been busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she and, wouldn't stop talking. And then we talked... So she, she was, she's my lead-in? Yeah. Well, no, actually, a rooster was your lead-in. Yeah, you're, uh, you're bad in cleanup, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. As, as it should. Yeah, you're the headliner. They're just openers. That's all. You guys, you guys solve everything? <laughs> Did we? Oh yeah, yeah. The world oh. is all fixed. The the <laughs> war in Ukraine is over. Middle East peace has been achieved, and, and gas uh, is yeah. now a buck fifty. Yeah, yeah. We cured yeah. COVID, and um, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. I have done that before, but yours has been over bourbon. Well, yeah, yeah. We, zi we zipped right through this. <laughs> so, uh, well, look, Middle East. You don't want to talk serious stuff. Do you? No, no. You know we, we've had um, enough serious. The one stuff. thing we haven't solved yet is like the tigers. Right. Look, you can you can get peace team. in the Middle East. Yeah. How hard is that? But trying to get a good team into Detroit right now. Good luck. Yeah. Holy cow! You know, I, I talk. I suggested we might talk about. The pathetic state of, the, of Detroit sports, and, and then it got worse. Yeah, yeah. They, boy. <laughs> I mean, that was horrible. Yeah, my son went to the game uh, last week where they lost. It was like a rain delay, and they still lost like ten to nothing or something like that. I'm like, I, I probably would have left when the rain came. Oh my God, they are! And they, I, I gotta tell you, I'm, I'm known for being kind of a buzzkill and, uh, and a negative guy. But we should invite um, you to our splash party. No. <laughs> the the, uh, the um, that was about five or six years ago after uh, after the Tigers uh, started the rebuild, and I posted someplace that I said, you know, it's going to be a decade before Detroit has a winning team again. And people said, uh, you're so negative and all that. I think I was probably over-optimistic. Yeah, you yeah. were a bit optimistic. <laughs> well, this is pretty bad. I well, mean, I think since Mike Illich died that the, the, the fire for his teams. Well, Chris Illich doesn't really seem to have that fire. You're right. No, I mean, he, Mike Illich was like a baseball guy. He loved baseball. You sense that from him. He had a passion for it. His son is like, yeah, it's another business. Yeah. <laughs> did, did, he, did he play baseball as a kid? Yeah, and Illich, Illich yeah, Mike did. Illich did. Yeah, 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 he, yeah, he played. Yeah. I think he played minor league ball, I if I did. remember. Right, right. But well, you know what? And I was thinking about it. What, is there any common tie as to why Detroit sports are so bad? And and and, and I can't come up with one, so I'm going to leave you with the less you know. But uh, <laughs> Illich has been the one exception, though. He's he's been an owner who's been committed to winning. Right. right. He's well, got the wings, the the Tigers, uh, he, they they failed to win a World Series, but they were damn good during. Yeah. Uh, well, with with uh, you bring up the wings, and there's you know Eiserman's looking for a, a new coach, and I believe Sergey Fedorov was was somebody that he's, he's like yeah. the one that's. Surprised? I mean, don't 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 you have a call? <laughs> wasn't wasn't the the the, the uh, knock on Fedorov is that he was unbelievably talented, but yeah. didn't necessarily bring it bring his A game all the time. Yeah, I, I don't know, but you know, I know people said that, but the guy was phenomenal to watch. Whether he was p bringing his B game or not, his B game was better than many's A game. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if great players. Eisenman, uh, well, Eisenman's not a coach, so he's a GM. I don't know right. if great players generally become great coaches. Right, I mean, it's it's the rarity. I think you're right. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, Sparky Anderson, Scotty Bowman, they were not they were not great players. No. 
And then you got Alan Trammell, who was, you know, eventually became a Hall Great of Great player, but and, eh, eh. <laughs> that, was, that, that was some rough stuff. He, had, he did not have a major league baseball. Well, <laughs> but, but Gibson went on to manage, and he had some success. Well, he did have some success. Just after, just after Trammell, isn't that when Leland came? Well, maybe not yeah. exactly, but they, the Tigers weren't supposed to do much, and Leland took them to the World yeah, Series. Right. Uh, he was, I wish I wish he was back in. Well, I know, and you know what? And, and I have to say, you know, Mia Culpa, I was one of those, I, I, when I look back, you know, Facebook has that annoying, uh, you know, uh, memories feature where you can see what you posted years ago on this date. Yeah. And so I'll look back and I'll see of, of me posting complaints about Leland. Know. You know, now I'm like, yeah, I missed Leland. I missed Leland. Such a prototypical baseball guy, though, yeah. you know? He just, uh, he just was, if you're going to write up, a, a, a screenplay about a baseball manager. Uh, yeah. you, you couldn't do worse than, than pick Jim Leland as your as your model. I, I I think he was such an old school guy. Yeah. That you know it, it some of it was like well you got to keep up with modern times but what he did was obviously something good for Detroit. You know. It's, you know, it's just it, I mean the Lions of course are the Lions. I mean oh, they God. just. They're just pathetic. I had to go there. Something and this may this may damage my contract with you guys. I actually, I actually did some research. Here comes the party oh, pooper and the thing. What uh, research? <laughs> Buzz kills <laughs> here. Research <laughs> on the Lions. No. <laughs> on, on, on Detroit sporting teams. They, yeah, they, yeah, all right. They had one winning team among them in the last five years. Oh, that's six years. That's you know, sad. And, and the Pistons have had uh, made the playoffs. Twice in 13 years and got quickly eliminated both times. Right. right? They're just, and you mentioned the Red Wings, and I had hope with uh, with Iserman, although as little as I know about sports, I know the least about hockey. But I, but I got, you know, Iserman, didn't, didn't he rebuild Tampa Bay? He did. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's the thing about hope. You, Iserman, you, you, there's hope for the Red Wings. I feel like Iserman, uh, if there's. They still finish closer to last place I know. than, the, than yeah, to yeah. the playoffs. This year. So what? Oh, Hoping, hoping over here. Uh, old number 19. <laughs> I'm hoping over here. <laughs> you just, I just, and I just wonder what the deal is. Now, now, I, I have a theory, partly, is what I call home team bias. You're aware of your home team's problems. That's why uh, the fans say, oh, the, the officials are biased against our team. The sports right. officers are biased against our team. Because you don't pay any attention to any of the other teams. So you don't know that they have the same complaints and heartbreaks. But... But I just can't figure out why Detroit is so consistently bad. I mean, that's, I mean, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, what type of sports town is that? And they, they, they're in the playoffs. (laughs) They're in the finals. (laughs) They're a pretty good sports (laughs) town. (laughs) (laughs) In what world is Tampa Bay a better sports town than Detroit? I don't know. I hey, don't know. hey, you know, wait a minute, though. The Hold Tigers on. are not in last place. Thank God for the Royals, all right? No, I mean, it's incredible. Uh, the, the, Kansas City was supposed to be two or Yeah, so a team sure. actually worse than we are. Yeah, but didn't Kansas City seem to have that uh, for, for years, like playing uh, small ball, if you will? They were just doing the basics and winning games, and they could always, Kansas City's coming to town, you know the Tigers are going to lose that series. So it, it is nice to see that we're ahead of them now. They had a lot of trouble. Even when they were much better, they seem to have trouble with Kansas. Yeah, yeah. But but uh, the Royals, the Royals had a little bit of an uptick, and then they just they just fell. But yeah, the Tigers aren't in last place. But that's, that the, the the rallying 
Chargers in Detroit. We're not in last place. That's it. You got it. You got it, baby. <laughs> Missed it by that much. <laughs> We're well, only 11 and a half games out. Perhaps the Tigers are holding on for the second half of the season. Well, yeah. You know, we're, the old we're just, second half. Yeah. That's <laughs> Wait till after July 4th. I mean, I, I give them a break. They weren't that strong a team. I mean, they didn't have that good year last year. And then they've lost so much. I mean, yeah. uh, we, have, we haven't been hitting this. They've I mean. almost got an entire rotation, starting rotation on the injured list. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the financials of baseball have changed so drastically, I think, in the last even just 10 years that, I mean, teams, it just seems to me that, the you know, if you're not, if you're not sitting on a big pot of cash and you can't go out and buy buy the the team that you want, because very few teams, it seems to me, and this is just my disinterested from the backseat view, it seems like very few teams do it the way that it used to be done, which is you fill your farm team and you bring up your talent and you, you develop them and you bring them up, you create a winning team and you put them on the field. And now, you know, I, I don't know that that's as possible as it used to be. Silence. Oh, I think I lost you guys. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. I was just babbling. Yeah, he was just, <laughs> I was babbling, just babbling on it. It's all right. Farm systems. Yeah, it's okay. Well, you know, you know the, the thing is about the money, and, and I think there's some truth to that. Uh, the Yankees, of course, and the Dodgers. He does stop for a markets, big monies. And, and you're always impressed with these uh, small market teams that can, uh, that can be competitive. I've always been kind of a Minnesota Twins fan. And here they are in first place. Yeah. They seem to plug along without without the big without the big pill. But it's not like the Tigers didn't spend money. I mean, Javier Baez, that Rodriguez guy who just kind of walked away from a hundred and fifty million dollar contract right now. Yeah, yes. that's kind of what we did. That's, that's big <laughs> money, and it, it's been a lot. Of, I mean, you guys probably got to kind of work. Oh, you're yeah. like 150. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tough, but we did it. The money's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. the Tigers offered Scherzer $140 million a few years ago. He said, no, not enough. And I almost feel like that was the moment that the team kind of tipped around. And yeah. you're right, they did offer him a great – it wasn't like they tried to cheap out on him. I mean, they did offer – they stepped up, and he was just like – I don't know. He, you know, Obviously, he made the right decision for him. You know, that may it, it certainly worked out for, for Max Scherzer. And there was yeah. Justin Verlander. Yeah, we – Yeah, well, that was – but it was a point. They, they spent a ton of money on Cabrera, and it was long-term guaranteed, and they, and they lost the bid to Scherzer. Right. And that's when I finally said, we're not going to keep paying high salaries for a team that's going to finish in third place. And they started breaking up the team. So, I mean, you look at the Tigers that are – ex-Tigers that are starting across the majors. Scherzer, Verlander, uh, J.D. Martinez, yeah. <laughs> excellent players. And they were all wearing the Detroit uniforms. Yeah. The t- Remember? Tigers had to let them go. Yeah. You know, you are a buzzkill today. Yeah, right? really, man. What the hell? <laughs> Let's lose him now. <laughs> but, hey, uh, what about those Lions? <laughs> no, no. You know, they're, they're the team. But this, this, to me, epitomizes, if not Detroit's force, the Lions. And, again, forgive me for doing research, but the, the team that's had the most winning record seasons in the last decade has, has been the Lions. Under Jim Caldwell, they had winning oh, well, seasons well, yeah. for right. four years. Right, that's why he had to get rid of him. Um, the Lions fired him. Right, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's the thing. about The Lions seem to be a team apart uh, or a, a different type of losing team in that that's it's. I don't know what it is about the Lions, if they are cursed or what it is, but it's just I feel strongly that – 
the Lions will never not be the Lions, quote-unquote. Well, unquote. you have the Ford family. That's what I'm saying. They're to, to spend the money. And Bill Ford wasn't into spending money. And, and I, I'm old enough and go back to when the AFL started as a, as a rival league to the NFL. And they held their own separate draft for college players. And so college players, for the first time, came out of their senior year and they had a choice. They could either go to the NFL or the AFL. And the AFL started spending big money. And the Lions said, we're not going to spend money. So they kept losing all their draft choices. And so the talent that the Lions would have built their team up with, because the Lions were pretty good in the 50s and the 60s. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. that was also uh, 60 and 70 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but, but they, they wouldn't bid on players, and the Lions top, lost their top draft choices to AFL teams. Right. And I don't think they've been any, you know, they, there, was, there was a meme on, on the internet just a, a day or two ago, oddly enough, that showed all 32 NFL teams, and it listed them, ranked them by number of playoff wins they've had in the uh, Super Bowl era. And guess who was number 32? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think we, I think we all know. <laughs> if you get that one wrong, you're kicked out of class. Here's, here's the crushing thing. They were last with one win out of 32 teams in 50 yeah. plus years. Dang. The team that was next worst was the Houston Texans had four wins. And Houston they're a new team. Right, exactly. Uh, now, now, wait a minute. You know what we're forgetting here is the new league. With the uh, the Michigan Panthers, aren't they? Right. I think they have a pretty. Yeah, they won one. <laughs> they, haven't haven't they won some games? I think they won one. Oh, I thought they were. I thought what's they that, were. What's pretty... that league called again? Uh, it's, the, it's not the XFL. No, it's, the, the... It's, it's, it's called. We're not the NFL. Not not not, not for a prime time league. Yeah, okay. yeah, I mean, I think all the players get paid like sixty grand or something like that. Everybody gets paid the same. It's, is well, it the XFL? Hoping, I mean, they're all hoping oh. that, you know, what, who was that quarterback who was playing arena football and uh, was stocking grocery store shelves, and a year later he was stocking an NFL? Oh, that was uh, Kurt Warner. Yeah, it was Kurt Warner. They made a movie about yeah. it. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, they're all chasing that dream. Yeah. But. It could happen. You know, we're, we, we might put the pads on. There's so much money available in professional sports. I mean, look, look at how they've expanded. There's there's over 30 teams in every every league. The, the no, Stanley a, Cup the playoff finals started last night. They will be go playing hockey until the end of June. Yeah, I was right. going to say, Bloomfest will be over by then. <laughs> <laughs> well, the and, and, Red Wings are on the links. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, there there's, seems to be an unending supply of, it, it's diluted a bit. Uh, I was going to say, an unending supply of fan interest is diluted a bit, but it's still growing. I mean, the NFL went from 16 games to 17 games, uh, and they've expanded their playoffs. There's just a, they're always looking at trying to expand uh, into Europe. So there's just there's just a heck of a lot of money being made, and I just saw that that billionaires are now looking at buying sports teams as a hedge against uh, uh, recession. Wow. Well, so, not a bad idea. Maybe so, we can, all right, so it's the USFL. I guess is it's, that what it is? I guess how, it's, how are the Detroit? Uh, 
How are the uh, the Detroit or the uh, Michigan? I, I, don't I think know. they're the uh, Panthers. Because remember, they had the Michigan Panthers back yeah. in the 80s. Hey, that was a winning team. That was. Because Bobby A. Bear was, was the also, quarterback. It was also 40 years ago. Yeah, it was 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> One of the top winning teams was in Michigan. Time yeah. Detroit was the, the Michigan Thunderbirds. Right. Oh, yeah. It was a professional bowling league. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Thunderbird Lanes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan Panthers are 1 and 8. Okay, so maybe they have, uh, maybe I was wrong. See, my research yeah. wasn't there. <laughs> 1 and 8 they are. Yeah, 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 there you go. But, you know, there, there, there was a Michigan uh, uh, Panther team years ago at a, at a, a I think it was called a USFL. Yeah. They played in the Silverdome, and Anthony Carter was on that team. Bobby Aber was there. Oh, yeah, yeah, no. They were the Panthers, yeah. And they were good. They, I think they won the league. They did yeah. win the championship. Yeah. I wish I wouldn't have thrown away my yeah. Michigan Panthers jacket. Could have had a yeah. winning jacket. This is much more fun than talking about oh. inflation. <laughs> yeah, so. yeah all the, we haven't solved anything here either. All right. <laughs> so. Okay. All right. Well, we've so, solved next. nothing again. And we know less. <laughs> Thanks to Rich Pearlberg, <laughs> as always. We appreciate it, Rich. Have a, uh, a great week. Thanks, you guys. Right, Take care. Take care. All right. Uh, before we wrap things up, our two-cent history lesson for today, it is the 16th of June. Today is Fresh Veggies Day. Favorite fresh veggie? Cucumbers. You? I like my cukes. Probably Carrots. Carrots, carrots would be on the yeah, list. I like carrots. Yeah. Okay. Celery gets stuck in your teeth. It's Bloom's Day. Blo- Celebrate things that bloom. Bloom's Day. Bloom's Day. Right. I don't know it's what it's for. Yeah, yeah. Career uh, Nurses Assistance Day today and National Fudge Day. 1910 on this day, the first Father's Day was celebrated in the U.S. Right. Ties and socks, a popular gift back in 1910. Still are. <laughs> Like, oh, good. Uh, more socks. That's great. Thanks. <laughs> 1929. Otto Funk. Another shirt that didn't fit. Otto anyway. Funk <clears throat> arrived in New York after walking across the country from San Francisco. Didn't he do it backwards? He did it playing a violin. Oh. He didn't know any tunes. Can you imagine walking that far playing a violin the whole time? And I'm sure it was great violin playing. Oh, yeah. And was there somebody following him, making sure that he was playing? Right. How do you verify time? that record? Or did he just I, say, I start, start playing it, then you walk, and yeah. you get to New York and, or uh, San Francisco? Right. You, you play it for a couple of minutes on your way out of San Francisco, then you put it down, you get in a bus, you drive to New York, you get a hotel room <laughs> no. for a week or two, then you come out and you, then you walk down the street playing it, oh, I just got into town. Yeah. Don't, don't question Otto Funk. <laughs> this is me playing the violin. Yes. By 1963. Yes. Valentina Tereshkova sure. became the first woman in space as she piloted the Vostok 6. What did Valian- Valentina do for a living prior to becoming the first woman in space? She worked in a cotton mill. Huh? Okay. Now you know. Very Soviet of her. Yes. Da, comrade. <laughs> 50 watts per channel, baby cakes. 1980. <laughs> baby cakes. Don't you remember really? that commercial? Yes. <laughs> 1980. Look it up. The Blues Brothers um, premiered. Yeah. Of course, it premiered in Chicago. Well, yeah. Sweet home, Chicago. You got my cheese whiz, boy! <laughs> Vince Neal of Motley Crue yeah. got married on this day in 1988. He married Charisse Rudell. Hmm. What did Charisse do for a living? She worked in a cotton mill? No, she didn't no. work in a cotton mill. Okay. Charisse. Was it a dancer? Nope. Little club downtown? No. Nope. Huh. She was a mud wrestler. Oh. 
Remember when mud, mud wrestling was big? So you're at a bar and you see some women wrestling in the mud and you think, that woman's for me. Yeah, she's that's, a dirty girl. <laughs> literally. Let's see what Charisse looks like. 1990. You're, you're, Roxette. You're a pig. Thank you. I'm, Roxette started a two-week run right at now. number one this day in 1990 with the song It Must Have Been Love. Of course, it was from Pretty Woman. Yeah. It was their third number one, by the way. It must have been love. But it's over now. Yeah. And so is John singing. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, can 2016. Keep, I can keep going if you no, like. No, that's okay. okay. On this day in 2016, Meatloaf had to be rushed to the hospital after collapsing on stage while singing I'd Do Anything for Love. Mm. He but he dropped the mic and fell. But he won't do that. But he did that. Yeah. They determined the cause. Oh. Yeah. This, this is Sherry wrestling with yeah, us. Yeah. Uh, dehydration. Stay hydrated. Well, yeah. Kids. And finally. Remember, kids. 2016, Amazon announced. We're Amazon and we're announcing. We're going to buy Whole Foods. Yeah. Uh, $13.7 billion. Yeah. And we'll deliver it to ourselves. Yeah, we will. That's your two-cent history lesson yeah. for today. Okay. I think you learned a little something. A little something. Yeah. All right. Uh, before we wrap things up, we have to go to the mailbag. Mailbag. We have uh, a uh, communication from our, our good friend, Todd. What did Todd Packer have to say? Packer Todd. You know Packer Todd. Sure. What's Packer Todd have to say? He says, good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Just wanted to let you know I'm really enjoying the podcast. Looking forward to the Slacken interview today as well, which you just heard. Yes, you did. I did struggle with how to listen to the podcast when started. As you mentioned, I was one of those using YouTube. However, I can only, or know how, use that on my laptop and access is restricted from work. Why are they restricting your access yeah. to work? Was what there is a little that? problem in the past? Some is that what happened? Other YouTube videos mm -hmm. of mud wrestlers. I also <laughs> downloaded SoundCloud to my phone and used that, but I did not care for the user interface. Basically, I could not figure out a way to show the episodes in order other than popular. Anyway, I'm now listening every day on Spotify. It has worked out great. Thank you. Then I realized that's also the home of Joe Rogan. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm going to stick with it as I right. enjoy listening each day. So Spotify is an option. Works well if you want to give that as an option. By the way, says Mike was old guy confused when discussing basketball players because you said Rick Mahorn was the mailman. Oh, he was, was the postman. It was Carl Malone. Carl Malone was the mailman. Mahorn was the postman. Was, was he? Was the, <laughs> I knew he had something to do with the mail, uh, the mail service because <laughs> he delivered <laughs> baskets. <laughs> Always count on Todd to correct me. Well, yeah. I got to have somebody checking me. He's like our no, scopes guy. <laughs> so, Snopes. Yeah. Or scopes. <laughs> Whichever. Well, back in the 80s in college, the term scope became popular. The girls would say, oh, he's my scope. It would be the guy that they would check out in the cafeteria. Really? Oh, now, I you know, scoped it out. I'm okay. scoping them out, yeah. Oh, That's wait. my scope. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wonder how many I was their scope. Yeah. Not many. For me, like, oh, scope. He's, he's, he needs scope. He's my Listerine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Can we wrap this up? Please, dear God. Gosh. I need a day off. <laughs> Call Murphy's Family Auto. Scheduling appointment 517-552-3040. With Mike and John. Tune in next time. Giggle. Murphy's Family Auto. Open Saturdays 8 to 1. Slow down. Mike and John sent you. Tell them that. You save 5% off your bill. That's Murphy's Family Auto. Your car knows. Murphy'sFamilyAuto.com.